This, this, this show is brought to you by Safety FM. In the professional safety community, communication and planning are just a few keys to your program's success. The question many practitioners have is, where do I start? Dr. Jay Allen, the creator of the Safety FM platform and host of the Rated R Safety Show, has built a global foundation to help you along the way. Go to safetyfm.com and listen to some of the industry's best and most involved professionals, including Blaine Hoffman with the Safety Pro, Sam Goodman with the Hop Nerd, Sheldon Primus with the Safety Consultant, Jim Pozell with Safety Wars, Emily Elrod with Unapologetically Bold, and many others. As individuals, we can do great things, but as a team, we become amazing. Dial into safetyfm.com today and surround yourself with a powerful force of knowledge and support. Warning, the following broadcast contains adult language, adult content, frank safety discussions, and stories that might sound unbelievable. But believe me, every one of those stories is true. We didn't start the safety war, but we are going to fight to win it. For our families, for our communities, for our workplaces, and for our lives. Hello, this is Safety Wars. And as usual, there is a war for your safety, not against your safety but for the safety for you and your family and your communities. A couple of months back, my daughter brought a book home on Aesop's Fables and had roughly about 60 of them. I remember reading a lot of them in elementary school way back when, and I really didn't understand them. But today, I pretty much understand them. I'm happy that these traditional stories still exist in some form. I'll be using some of them in the future, I hope. So who is this Aesop guy? If he did exist, it was sometime around 620 BC. Over the years, especially in the ancient world, hundreds of fables are attributed to this guy. Back in those days, slaves were usually the record keepers, so it's unknown if he actually wrote these things down or they are part of the oral tradition of the ancient world. What? fable are we going to talk about today? It's the trumpeter taken prisoner. There once was a trumpeter who liked to ride at the head of the troops, blowing his trumpet proudly. One day in battle, he was the first of his troops to be taken prisoner by the enemy. He cried out to his captors, please spare me. I have not killed a single man in your army. Indeed, I have no weapons. See, the only thing I carry is this harmless brass trumpet. That is the very reason why you should die, his captain replied. While you don't fight for yourself, your loud trumpet stirs up all the others to battle. What's the moral of the story? He who incites others is worse than he who fights. We're in a little bit of a, I don't know what to call it, ju juxtaposition here in the safety industry. We have, well, how, how did we, how did this all come about here, this whole story? and everything it was from one of the rated R safety shows this week from our own Jay Allen here, where he mentioned about getting blame and th this and that nature. If you're the safety professional, I forget the whole story. You could go back and check. 
But we have a situation a lot of times in our organizations, uh, at, depending on your corporate culture, where you're the one promoting safety in your organization. You're the one doing the yeoman's work for safety, whether it's training, the audits, supplying leadership, and everything else that goes along with the safety profession. Inevitably, if you're not promoting an overall safety culture and getting into the C-suite to get them to promote the safety culture, and management's not on board in any way, this is a commonplace, especially in the construction and the maritime industry with smaller companies. When something goes wrong, what happens? That can mean many different things to these organizations. You are the one with your head on the chopping block. So if you don't promote harmony and be that peacemaker when the opportunity arises, then if something goes wrong, someone gets hurt, there is a perception that you are negatively impacting that bottom line. Whether it's a financial bottom line, whether it's a safety bottom line, is it a statistical bottom line, is it a loss bottom line, whatever your bottom line is on that. I've been in that situation more than a couple of times. One that came to mind immediately was a job in Binghamton, New York. Working for a client who got pissed off that I, with their permission, ordered air monitoring equipment. They did not have any air monitoring equipment on hand and this was a hazardous waste site and it was also not only a requirement of the health and safety plan, it was a requirement of the contract. It was an EPA contract, as I recall. A month later, when the bill came in for that uh, air monitoring equipment, and they did not hit their numbers, whatever those numbers were, safety got the blame. Then they dug a little deeper, and that's when the proverbial guvno hit the fan. Safety was making them get PPE. Safety was slowing work down having safety meetings. That all impeded our progress. This was well after a company, the, the company that I was working for, got brought in after a major air injection incident into someone's hand, where they almost lost their hand from an injection incident from an air compressor. And what they were doing was they were cleaning things with an air hose, and the air hose had a hole in it, and they got their hand into a situation in the process where they couldn't move their hand fast enough that blew a pin-sized hole between the skin uh, of the index finger and the thumb on the left hand. So it was like a three-inch wound, but the hand blew up to like a baseball catcher's mitt. It was huge. Guy almost lost his hand. We were brought in to uh, straighten this out and to do safety, but the thing was that they didn't have a safety culture here. We were the, no, no, I was the person on the chopping block. We didn't hit our numbers, whatever those numbers were, because I never quite figured out what they were. And the, who, who's to blame? The new guy, the one promoting safety. We didn't have safety before we hit our numbers. Now we have safety, we can't hit our numbers, right? This is the dilemma when you're brought in as an outside consultant. I think I'm going to tag Sheldon on this one, right? Sheldon Primus. You get into a situation where the C-suite and managers are not on board and you get the blame. I'm going to say the guy 
who had a hand injury that cost him about 150 G's, and that was in the mid-1990s. He needed surgeries, he needed, you name it, he needed it. Plus, you have a situation of presenteeism, where once he came back to work, he really didn't do his job. Are you seen as a necessary evil? Something to think about. Here's another example of the C-suite not getting it and blaming the safety person. You know that you have an issue when the C-suite or management does not show up for safety training. They're usually not the ones showing up for safety training because they got more important things to do. Right? When they don't make their time for any safety training at all, then you know what their commitment to safety is. Often, when I have a good client, I'll say, say that good client, the good client will say, you know what, I am not, I can't do this with my uh, employees. Why don't you come afterwards and we'll have a separate training session for management. And then we include everything. I like to do everybody together, management and workers, but sometimes you have to do them separately. And what do we see here? Well, I see most commonly in the construction and oil industry with the brand new seven-year-old construction confined space entry standard. Up until 2015, most companies had complied with the general industry standard that I've worked with. They weren't required to because they were construction, not required to do general industry. However, the general industry and the applicable NFPA and API standards were often used in issuing general duty clause uh, violations for the construction industry. Then in 2015, the construction standard was finally issued. It had some significant changes for the management of spaces. However, they applied to management for the most part, not so much the workers. When my clients doing construction in confined spaces were at facilities, the managers of those facilities are totally unfamiliar with the new standard. For example, continuous monitoring, naming things in writing like a host employer, confident person, and some other things. Now the facilities had to get into managing confined spaces. Before that, they were very much, we hired a contractor to handle it, we don't know nothing, our name's Muffin, we don't know nothing, and that's it. A lot of times this did not happen in the oil industry, even with large car corporations whom everyone has heard of, where they wanted to know nothing about confined spaces and left up the contractor to manage everything. What happens with this stuff? When you're compiling the information for the new standard, there's always some type of delay, especially if the managers don't want to pre-plan anything. So who gets the blame for the safety? Uh, for the delay. Safety always does. Who said it's on the chopping block? Safety. I actually had a manager who is still working as a terminal manager at a major oil facility in central New Jersey ban me from the site because I wanted continuous air monitoring in a confined space. I wanted to review who the rescue team was, some of their other procedures. I got the blame for it. I was actually banned from the facility for asking questions in a nice, rational, calm way. Well, here's something else that we talked about here. Does blame really fix anything? What was the message he was receiving from the top? Right, let's see it from his point of view. There is another major facility in New Jersey where they admittedly were talking the safety talk in meetings. 
Then in production meetings, they talked about hot jobs. And these are jobs where they took shortcuts and worked unsafely to get her done. The contractors were being harassed for working safely. Then they were being harassed for not pushing back on the managers of the facility for who were telling them not to work safely. You know, uh, what do you do here? Right? The end result was the person promoting the safety, the contractor, was gotten rid of. Heard the trumpeter up front. So, what are their solutions here? What are the solutions? As usual, get everyone on board. Get the safety training straightened out and call for outside help. Call a company like us, Safety Wars. JCB Technical Services at 845-269-5772 or drop me an email at jim at safetywars.com. You have to communicate, train together, get the management in on the training. Management not updating their skills and dumping everything on the safety person to get the job done, motivate the troops, then take the fall when they don't meet some type of fictional goal in somebody's freaking heads. You have to take it to the C-suite. If you can't get in there, try to take your pride and swallow it and get the ear of one influential person. Stroke their ego alone. This is where you might need to get along with your marketing department or someone else to market safety better and have an advocate. Don't be a entrepreneur. Be the leader. Sometimes you will have to take the fall, but you can at least look at yourself in the mirror. And together, we can continue fighting that safety war. For Safety Wars, this is Jim Polzel. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen.